All right, all right, all right, all right. Sports Talk KC is back, baby. We had to take a little bit of a break, a little bitty hiatus, but we are back. Uh, got a very big show tonight. Got a very special guest, special talent, 2020 NFL draft prospect Marcus Brown is in the building. Say what's up, big dog. What's going on, KC? It's a pleasure to be Morning. here. Man, it's a pleasure to have you, man. I'm happy to, uh, that uh, everything is going good with with the, the everything you're trying to produce, and I'm just happy and honored, man, and to have you on the show, especially a young black brother doing positive things. And that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on here, Marcus, because you grew up in Kansas City like we all have, and it was so many different uh, avenues, other ways you could have went, but you stuck on and you kept plugging. Uh, what was your mindset growing up and trying to get to this level to where you're at now, man? My mindset growing up was I just always wanted to be the best at everything that I did, no matter if it was sports or not. I just wanted to be the best. I wanted to be, be something great, have impacts on people's lives and be able to have somebody be, be that person that somebody look up to, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, my pops played a major role in it. My mama also they kept me away from the streets and I've seen a lot of people in the streets. I grew up in the hood and that, that's something that I never want to go back to. I, I want to make it out. I don't want Kansas City to be my final place that I'm going to stay. I don't want to die young like a lot of these guys is nowadays. Mm-hmm. And like I said, man, it's very positive to see a young black man, man, doing what you're doing. You're killing the game right now. You're posting your workout videos, your highlights and everything is on YouTube. Go find this man on YouTube. Very explosive, very dynamic, man. Uh, just tell us, like, what is some of your uh, your workout regimens? And uh, do you work out with yourself, or you got a training crew? What are some of the steps that you're taking to get to this level? I have a personal trainer. I've been training with since I was since I was in high school, and I asked him to come back and. He comes back and forth from Springfield to come down here and make sure I'm eating right, make sure I'm doing the right workouts, make, making sure my weight ain't – I ain't weighing too much and I ain't weighing too less. <clears throat> so that's that's my whole process right there. I'm working out three times a day. I'm getting up at 6.45 every morning, come home, eat a meal, take a little nap, wake up again, go work out around 12, 31 o'clock, come home, eat again. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And then my last workout of the day is around, is always around seven, eight o'clock. So you're working around the clock. Uh, well, let me get some of the other guys' uh, questions in there. Uh, Beats, uh, Lee, feel free, man. Yeah. Hey, Marcus. My my thing is, man. Just just looking at your highlights and everything, man. Like I told told you, uh, your cousin Cal, man. You have a lot of upside, and you're very talented. But just by your your height and your weight, is it something? Are you possibly once you get to the NFL, are you willing to transition from that linebacker to like a safety kind of hybrid position? Oh yes, sir. Uh, like I told a lot of scouts and called my phone. I told a lot of teams that called my phone. I told them I'm an athlete. Right, my linebacker right. is my primary position, and I can. I can play linebacker with my eyes closed because <laughs> I've, right. yeah, I've, I've been doing it so long, but I can play anywhere on the field. They can put me at corner. They can put me at safety. I played D-line already. Uh, it's, it's easy. I know I know the game. 
That's right. That's right. And another thing, man, what what linebacker position would you I know you're very versatile and you can hit it from all all ends of the field, like you just stated. But what position as far as linebacker linebacker would you be more most comfortable in middle linebacker, outside linebacker? What's your take on that? Uh, if I had a, uh, if I had to say and pick a pick a favorite, I say my favorite is outside linebacker. I I had the ability to do way more. I, I don't just have to stay in the box. I'm covering tight ends. I'm covering slot receivers, running backs mm-hmm. out the backfield. So I can also play outside. I can, I can show my athleticism. I ain't got to be boxed in. That's right. That's right. And beats, what you got for Marcus, man? Hey, what's going on, Marcus? This is beats. Uh, my first question is, um, you know, since doing this whole process, I know you kind of talk about your uh, workout regimen every day. Is there any other things you've been doing during this process to prepare for next week at the combine? Through this whole process, I've just been trying to make sure my body's healthy. I go mm-hmm. going to the field, making sure I'm stretching every day, going to the chiropractor, getting massages. I just Yo, Marcus, this is D Beats here. Uh, my first question was, uh, I know you talked about your uh, training regimen, your daily uh, uh, routine and things like that, but has there been anything else you've been doing to prepare for the uh, NFL combine next week? I've just been keeping my body healthy and, and overall 100% and keeping my faith in God. I wake up every morning, I pray, I read my Bible, and I look at my goals. And – each day I get up, I'm making sure that I'm praying for each one of them goals I got on the list and doing something to make it to to accomplish one of them each day. Okay, cool. Uh, just mm-hmm. a follow on that. Um, is there anything as far as like uh, preparing for like you know uh, interviewing with the teams or um, the Wonderlic uh, test or anything like that? What was that? Oh, I'll I'll ask it again. As far as like um, the things at the combine, like as far as um, practicing, interviewing with, uh, you know, uh, different teams and, you know, answering questions as far as that go or like there's this testing that they do to check to test your football IQ. Is there Mm -hmm. anything that you're doing as far as like practicing those things to prepare? Well, I've been getting phone calls from scouts and they've been questioning me, asking me all types of stuff and. I feel like that's practice right there, having that having that conversation with the NFL team over the phone. That, that's preparing me for when I see them at the combine, when I see them in person. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, cool. Because I know they ask like some silly questions, like some outrageous questions, just to see mm-hmm. how, like how you react. Yeah, so. I, I I talked to a scout already, and uh, one of the scouts that I talked to, and he was asking me some crazy stuff, and. I just I knew what he was trying to do, so I just made sure I just right. answered it real smooth. Right, right, right. Um, another question I have, um, just in your opinion on your uh, skill set, what would you say is your number one strength? And then, as far as getting to the next level, what is one thing you would like to improve on? My number one strength, I would say, is my speed and yeah. athleticism. Mm-hmm. Speed and athleticism. Um, something I need to work on. I, I, I'm one of them types of persons that I can't never be perfect at nothing. So I feel like my whole game can get better. Every aspect of the game can get better no matter what. 
Okay. And then I just got one last question because I just from talking to you and just hear you on this podcast, you you seem to have like a good work ethic and uh discipline. I just want to know like how did you uh gain those skills to do, just just like to be that way, just to work hard and have the discipline to get up every day and just go at it, you know, pretty much like 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day, however many hours you put in. Well, growing up, I grew up and when you struggled and had a lot of losses in your life and <clears throat> a lot of people getting taken it, coming in and out of your life, that, that motivates you. That makes you want to mm-hmm. do something to be better. Not only because you want them to see you in that in that light, but because you want to be bigger and better than them, and you want to make I want to make everybody happy, especially the ones who's not here to see me do it. As far as my godparents, my daddy, my grandpa, and lots of other people that that was rooting me on that passed away over the years, or even the people that unturned their back on me. I do it for everybody. Okay. Hey. Hey, hey, Marcus, this is Lee 86, man. I just want to say, you know, having you on this podcast, man, and and just listening to you, you know, the knowledge and, you know, the the smarts that you have just just listening to you. I know that you are you are destined, you know, to 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 be something and to be something great at what you do. Um, that is going to translate on to the football field, man. You are a um, intelligent and smart young man that I can hear. And I just wanted to, you know, like I say all the time, I give credit when, when credit is due. And I just want, want to give you the credit from brother to brother, you know, for sticking in there, you know, keep having that determination and that fight to succeed like you said it it wasn't always pretty things in life aren't always pretty it's just how we deal with them you know to keep moving forward so you on the right track man I I just wanted to I just wanted to give you a shout out man you 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 got your head on straight and that's going to translate to your success on that football field sir I greatly appreciate that greatly appreciate it and also, uh, like they were saying, man, just from uh, looking at the highlight films, like I've been watching, you know, uh, you're very explosive. What I noticed, like you said, is your speed and your mm-hmm. tackling, <laughs> which a lot of uh, current NBA, uh, NFL players have trouble with, with just the basics of tackling. And yeah. from watching you tackle, you're very fundamentally sound yeah. when it comes to throwing that wood out there, man. So, like, I see big things from you, man. I just wanted to have you on the podcast because – like I said, just it goes back is that you're a young, black, positive figure within this. That's community. right. That's right. And uh, being that is so many silly things transpiring within the city, it's good to see some light at the end of the tunnel that's shining so bright, which is Marcus Brown. That's right. And like you said, uh, the city needs to rally behind this young man uh, and uh, put some respect on his name because he's coming, man. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, he's coming. <laughs> He's coming, man. Like, like I said, I, uh, it makes like, me want to get in the gym, baby. It makes me want to, <laughs> yeah. you know, work hard. They count, you know? Like you said, um, that's one thing. Just just looking at his highlights, man. I know this boy. He he's not afraid to lay that wood. And mm-hmm. when when he come, when he's coming for you, he's coming with a with a purpose. <laughs> so right. a good thing to see, man. You 
you out there laying that wood. You, you what I like to say, you thumping around out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like I tell everybody who 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 tell me stuff like that, I tell them I got a lot of hate, anger, and aggression built up in my shoulder pad. So when mm, I'm out there, funny. it's tunnel vision. I'm just if I got a target in sight, and if you in my way, it's either you gonna get out or you are gonna get ran over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> and that's what it's all about, man. Because, like I said, man, I just wanted to have you on the show, man. Because I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, whatever happens with this, you know, uh, I know you're gonna keep pushing, keep fighting a good fight. Uh, young man that's listening to this, like I want him to reach out to other family members and things like that because he's positive. Every time I see him in motion, it's positive. Nothing negative with this man. And I just want to thank you, man, from the top of the bottom for blessing my podcast, for being a part of it, man. I really do appreciate that, man. No problem. I, I, I appreciate being here. I appreciate being able to let people hear me and see who I am as a person for real, not just Marcus the football player, but Marcus the person. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And, fellas, before I uh, let Marcus go, y'all got anything else y'all want to want to say to the young boy? Oh, man, just – just like I said, man, earlier, um, just keep grinding, having that same determination. You know, um, you you on the right track, man. Like I said, man, um, I, I'm a real big football fan, man, and 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 I know some good, I know some good football players and everything, good talent when I see it. And you're one of those talents, man. And like Cal was saying, man, thank you for coming on to Sports Talk KC and. You know, um, we we it's greatly appreciated. You know, having you on here and and just keep striving, young man. Just keep striving. You on the right track. It's, we this ain't the last time we go hear from Marcus Brown. Or Marcus Brown be hearing from us. There you go. Yeah, and I just want to say thanks for blessing the podcast. Good luck to you next week at the NFL Combine. I'm gonna be watching. On the Pacific, right, uh, right. you know, when the linebackers and the D line, basically on the defensive days, I don't know what day they're gonna have you out there, but I'm gonna be watching because I know it's prime time this that's year, right. baby. That's and right. Uh, that's right. Just keep doing what you've been doing to get you this far, and just have that tunnel vision, like you said, and just anything that's in your way, man. Best of luck to you, man. I'm I'm rooting for you. Appreciate yeah, it. Y'all rooting for you. Show enough. Show enough. Man, uh, Reach out to you or where they can find some of your highlights, man. Give us a, give a little shout out where they can find you and see some of your work. Y'all want to see some work? Y'all could go on YouTube, type in Marcus Brown, Missouri Western, and my highlights will pop up. About three or four videos at the top that uh, somebody had made me. Some good, some good, cool little highlights. So y'all can check them out. They're not too long, but I hope y'all enjoy. Leave a comment and let me know what y'all think. Cool, cool, cool. And again, like I said, thanks, fam, for being on the show. And don't be a stranger of the show. Whenever you want to bust through the doors and let some something out, feel free to reach out, man. This, this, this is this is an avenue for you. So, for sure. Whenever you feel free and want to be a guest, hey, you got that. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna step in your way. Yes, sir. Hell no, I, I, I uh, damn sure ain't gonna step in this way. <laughs> nah. And thanks, guys, for having for being out here, bro. And like I said, man, we're gonna have you back on in the future. And appreciate, good luck, man. appreciate it. All right, All right Mark. All right, now.
Yeah, again, again, thanks for the young bull, the young Wood Lair, man, Marcus Brown. I appreciate it, man. And good luck. Like I said, you can tell this young man has a good head on his shoulders, man. Like he said, all his frustration and power comes to them shoulder, them shoulder pads, man. So you boys better watch out because he's he flying around, man. So uh, look out. But uh, yeah, man. With that being said, uh, we got to get off into the other sports talk world, man. It's been a lot of stuff going on in the sports world, baby. It is, and now we're back. I want to start with you, Gail King. <laughs> you back? Oh, seriousness, you were wrong for that. Let that man rest. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect you, Gail, because you know I have respect for you, but it's you kind of took a, a big step back with the disrespect of the legend Kobe Bryant. You were wrong for that. And that's all I got to say. You were reaching. You were fishing. Let that man rest. Oprah wanted to get on and say she's 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 not doing well right now. But what about Vanessa Bryant? Mm-hmm. What about they're not doing well? She lost two two loved ones. I don't care if Gail King's not doing well. Gail King should have never made that statement. This is not what happened. This is not about what happened in two thousand three or two or whatever that was. A man and a daughter and seven other people lost their lives. And for you to take it there, that was low, disgusting, and vile. Lee? Yeah. Um, It's just like you said, man, you hit it right on the head, man. Gail, you're wrong. Um, Like I said, I'm not going to disrespect her. Um, She has enough of that on her plate right now. But it's just like how you said, Cal. Let that man... And his let that man and his daughter, you know, rest in those those other victims, you know, um, whatever you define it as, as, you know, fishing, you know, digging and pawing, being a puppet, whatever. That was not the time to ask Lisa Leslie, number one, those kind of questions. This man has not even been buried yet. And it was just like, where's the respect for his wife, his other children, his other daughters, his mother, his father, his sisters? It, it, it was just wrong, man. Like I said, she was just being used as a puppet, like to to make the show go or whatever. It's, it was just silly for her to ask something like that. It's, that that that's my take on them. I, I I really don't even want to spend too much time on Gail King. Well, let me go ahead and put my two cents on in here, there, buddy. Uh, Gail, uh, you're up there clickbaiting and up there, or CBS, whoever you work for, the Today Show, whatever the show is. Um, like the fellas uh, uh, said, it was disgusting, um, unnecessary to ask Lisa Leslie that question. Um, and then for her to answer your question in a respectful manner and for you to keep like legal standards for going and talking mm-hmm. about, well, you wouldn't know that or you couldn't see that and trying to get her to change her answer to say uh, just for your own agenda. I thought that was very disrespectful. Like Lee said, the man wasn't even buried yet. Um 
uh, no disregard for his family and how they're grieving right now. Um, and just, and then how about this, uh, Gail? I mean, I don't know the man's name, but I heard an audio of you, of the guy that was uh, released from ABC News or wherever that was. I know, Kyle, you might know the name because I know we talked. Uh, I can't I can't remember the dude's name, but he was a co-host on her show. Oh, okay. He got fired for yeah. sexual offended When he had his sexual uh, accusers or allegations going on, uh, she defended him. And yes, he's a white man, but... It's just you and Oprah just, I, 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 there's something fishy about that. It's like you have no problem going after uh, your own. And, you know, uh, you know, if somebody's doing wrong as far as, you know, uh, the Me Too movement or, um, excuse me, um, you know, rape allegations, you know, that's fair to, you know, bring that up or whatever. But why don't you go after your buddies that's doing the same thing? Um, uh, it just feels weird to me and seems kind of shady just to go after, you know, uh, just only black man and not uh, your the people that you do business with. And like like I said, that was very disrespectful bringing that stuff up of Kobe. Um, he apologized for that back then. Uh, you haven't heard anything else about that with him. So like Lisa Leslie said, you had the chance when he was allowed to answer the question. You should have asked him then. Don't bring it up now. That's all I got to say on it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and just to have a little backspin off of that real quick, just knowing that Gail King has did this and just looking back at it, the interview that she had with R. Kelly. Yeah, we know R. Kelly, you know, is, is wrong in, you know, in his doings and things of that nature. We get that. But Looking back at that interview she did with R. Kelly, it wasn't a moment for her to try to get to the bottom of the truth with with Robert. It was uh, it was a what you call a, a toy, uh, a act to make him look so so bad in the in the eyes of America. It wasn't. It wasn't that she was understanding, like I said, trying to get to the bottom of it or to the truth with what was going on. She was just there to manipulate R. Kelly. Oh my God, man. She made R. Kelly look so so bad, you know. And but you know, we all know he, he definitely ain't innocent by any means. No, he's you not, know, we don't no, do some stuff over the years. No, he's not a saint. She had him uh, to make him feel like that. But if you go back and really, like I said. To my listeners or whatever, my counterparts, y'all go back and look at that. Y'all say, "Man, she was just really trying to make a fool out of this dude." And really, she was attacking him, man. She he was already at a low point, man, and she yeah. was right. She took him down even more. Mm-hmm. Right, but she knew what she was doing. She knew exactly what she was doing. Or that documentary for her, uh, the people she does business with, Harvey Weinstein, the guy that was her co-host and some other, several other uh, men that she has not gone after. Where where are those interviews? Where are those documentaries at? Right. Her and Oprah. So that's, that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. With it. And like with Harvey Weinstein, he's one of the people that invented the wheel. So, you know, if you know what I'm saying. So he's a, he's a main elite player and within Hollywood, I highly doubt <laughs> that high, uh, Harvey Weinstein even go to jail. Because it's like it's been swept under the rug. You'll hear something about it, then it goes away. So, 
But I don't want to waste too much time with that disgusting stuff with uh, Gail, man. Like I said, you were wrong, and I'm going to let it rest on that. But one of the favorite standouts of the show, A.B., was on The Breakfast Club last week. You know, he's always on the segment for the Stupid Bitch of the Week, you know, and uh, clearly he's trying to uh, refrain from that name that we had gave him. Uh, the interview was pretty solid. Uh, some of the things that we've been hitting on with him far as uh, needing to maybe seek out uh, counsel and things of that nature and change his surroundings and people that he hang with, that's pretty much what he was hitting on within the interview. I was pretty shocked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sounded like he was in a good place. Beats out. You got a chance to check out the interview, did you? Yeah, I watched it. So what? <laughs> so what you think? <laughs> I I think it was just him making the media rounds because you know next week he's going to the combine to talk to NFL teams. He's doing that to get his name out there. Um, it kind of came out a little bit in the, in the interview, but it just kind of seemed like PR talk to me because. In the beginning of the interview, it was going well, and then it got towards the end of the interview, and then he started contradicting himself, mm-hmm. talking about as far as like T.O. that came over and helped him. Then he talked, then he was up there talking about how T.O. doesn't have any money. He don't need to take advice from uh, T.O. He don't need to go to therapy now. I was like, bro, you was just talking about, you was just saying in the beginning of the interview, you was doing all this stuff, and now towards the interview, Towards the end of the interview, you start switching up, and the show, and the, I think the real AB was starting to come out, but then they just cut mm-hmm. that. To be honest with you, to me, it felt like it was a carousel type interview too. Like you said, he would say mm-hmm. something positive, then take steps back. But uh, Lee, did you get a chance to check it out? Yeah, I checked it out. Um, I felt my take from of it. Like I said, the beginning of it, it was kind of going, you know, going good. I felt like, you know, they were asking him some legit staple type of questions. And uh, I mean, it seemed like he had his head on right. But like you said, like Beats had touched on later on in that interview to where it was just the up and down, it, you know, the stuff about T.O. It's just like, man, if this dude ain't bipolar, like, like he was just up and like up and down. Like, bro, it was just to be honest with you, some of the things that he has, that he got on the breakfast breakfast club and said he should have been saying that. I think he's dug himself such a massive hole um, that just having a good just having a good showing on the breakfast club is not going to get you out of this hole that you dug it's going to take a lot lot more and i just like they were touching on man how we always say you know about antonio brown the mental and the the mental side uh, evaluations and stuff it, the stuff has to keep going um he issued a public apology to mike tomlin and the pittsburgh steelers which mike tomlin got on. yeah um just like I was just saying, man, they kind of, you know, um, just touching bases on that. They kind of, you know, asked Mike Tomlin today, you know, uh, NFL Live, um, could there ever, you know, could you see a reconciliation with Antonio Brown, you know, due to the 
apology that he issued. He's just kind of like, yeah, once a stealer, always a stealer. But at this current time, there's no business related transactions with Antonio Brown. So people can kind of, you know, people gets the heartfelt apologies and stuff. Know that this guy has something within going on mentally with himself, but ain't nobody really going to take Antonio Brown serious like that, like that to me. I mean, to me, that's that. I think that's his only resort in my opinion to possibly get back in the NFL. If the Pittsburgh Steelers want to re reunite with him, but I just think he has done so much in such a short amount of time. The hole is just so deep. Yeah, he even opened up the talks about going back to the Raiders. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he did reach out to John Gruden or something like that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no there's no stability within his mind. So it's just like a day-to-day, hourly to hourly, minute to minute thing with Antonio Brown, like I've been saying since September. But like uh, you know, like I said, I know we give A B a hard time, man, but uh, maybe, like you said, within this free agency and things, it's about to happen. Hopefully he can land a spot, man, and, and bounce back from this. You know, I, I don't – you know, he does have talent. He is talented, but I'm not saying just as a football player. You know, he's he's just a man, and, you know, he, he needs a second chance. And maybe – what is this, his third, fourth chance? But, mm-hmm. you know, and just to, hopefully he can bounce back. And just man. to kind of throw this in there real quick, I was sitting there watching the NFL uh, Network today with the Mahomes marathon going on. And I was watching the game where we played Pittsburgh last year. And I text Beaks like, man, just looking at this game, I think that was the beginning of Antonio Brown's downfall because they were showing him on the sideline during some parts in that game where he was just, you know, not on the same page with Roethlisberger. He was just – you could just tell he was on the sideline tripping. And I, I'm a firm believer. I, it may have started before that, but that game we played them last year, week two, that was the beginning of some downfall stuff with him in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and what he was saying uh, throughout the interview, uh, how they were trying to uh, – well, as in his mind, he felt as if they were trying to take the ball out of his hand and put it in Juju's hands more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, like he, he was showing a lot of frustration about that. I guess something in the house between him and Roethlisberger. I'm not sure. You know, we don't know the whole de- uh, details. That, I mean, just to throw – But, yeah. I was just going to throw this in there right quick. Since you said that, Cal, uh, you brought that up. See, him saying that stuff shows me he's not ready to be back on the, on the NFL team because, you know, they don't like – they like to keep that stuff in-house and they don't like right. for that in-fighting stuff and you got to be a team player. You know the NFL. Man, he yeah, he's not ready to come back. And that was a lot of his problem, letting in-house business uh, out, you know, with uh, media, uh, social media revenues and things of that nature. So we'll see what A.B., man. Like you said, the beast goes on, as uh, Lee liked to say about the guy. But like I said, uh, it's been some big stuff happening within sports. All-Star Weekend was upon us. Uh, a very exciting uh, dunk contest, to say the least. Uh but, uh, what's the dude name from uh, Orlando? Uh, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon and the brother Jones. I can't even think of his name. I just know him as Jones, mm-hmm. Miami. He took the uh, title in the dunk contest title. 
there's been a little bit of a toss-up on if he should have not won it. But to me, from start to finish, he was very consistent, very explosive dunks, to say the least. I mean, the old dude was doing pretty much the same stuff. Uh, but what are y'all thoughts on the dunk contest? Um, It was interesting. I mean – like I said, there's controversy going back and forth with Dwayne Wade should have judged. He was the only one to judge at a nine and not a 10, and they felt it should have went into a, another tie-breaking situation like for another dunk, dunking round, but D-Wade, you know, scored him a nine. I mean, like you said, Cal, he was consistent from the jump. It felt like you were seeing – kind of the same things from Gordon. So, but Jones, he was consistent from the, like I said, from the jump. He was doing different stuff. So, I mean, it was exciting to me. I mean, I really don't get all hyped up about it like that, but it was cool to see. Yeah, I don't know what Dwayne Wade's problem. He was sitting there looking like a 2020 Mickey Barnes and shit. But, uh, that stupid-ass son of a but yeah, man, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, to me, like I said, Jones, <laughs> the dude from Miami, he was uh, very consistent, man, from start to finish. It was, it was in Chicago. The only thing that were kind of, that kind of really kind of upset me about the whole thing was why did nobody break out no Jordan S type dunks? We in Chicago. Let's let, let's see some of that uh, old flashback Jordan stuff, the Rock the Cradle dunk off of uh, Alley Oop, something like that. Like that would have really took took it to the top mm-hmm. to me. Well, but uh, Beats, what are your thoughts on it, man? Uh, I mean, pretty much what you guys were saying. I think the Jones guy, his he hit every one of his first attempts, and like you guys were saying, he was consistent. And I think the judges kind of messed it up because they kept giving everybody tens. Yeah, I'm like. Man, all of these dunks are not 50, bro. And as far as Aaron Gordon on that last one, I I, I don't know the tall dude's name, but he did Taco Fall. Taco Fall. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, he didn't even clear him. He pretty much uh Taco Falls had to duck just so he could clear, mm-hmm. and he barely made it. And so like I, I was fine with D Wade giving him a nine. Cause I, to me, he shouldn't have won. Because like you guys were saying, he kept on – pretty much he kept doing the same dunk except for over different people. That was it. Mm-hmm. So, he can crawl all he want to, but he lost. Yeah, that last dunk over Taco Falls, he didn't no. it. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty. I mean, it wasn't clean. Jones, he deserved mm-hmm. it at the end of the day. Uh, but one more other dunk, the dunker that kind of stood out was uh, Dwight Howard. All right. Now, his very first dunk he did was pretty dope, bro, because it's like he knew exactly where the camera was, that little 360 yeah. he did. How like he paused in midair, looked at the camera, like, what's up? Brought it back around. That one, that was a pretty dope dunk to me. But, yeah, uh, it was. I, that, I, I, I was just going to say that, too. His very first dunk, I was sitting there like, damn. He cleared that. It was just like. He was just hanging in the air. It was just like mm-hmm. – and then for him to bring the ball back, it's just like – like I said, bro, it's just like he was just hanging. And I said, oh, man. And I thought – then it kind of mm-hmm. went stale after that. But that first dunk, I was like, shit, Dwight Howard is 
about to make some noise for this. Yeah, and he kind of staggered off. Uh, kind of he – I just wish he would have just tried to do more than the, the, the dunks he was doing. I mean, I thought yeah. that he was going to have a major showing, but I don't know what he, what he was thinking. Uh, but uh, other than that, we did have an all-star game, man, if you want to call it that, bro. I, like, I, I don't like the new all-star game format. I, I'd rather them go back to the East versus the West. Uh, I, I just don't like that team captain picking method thing. I, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, the and I, yeah, the format is it, like I said, it is. It's like it's it's not what we you what we're used to, you know, short and yeah. sweet. So, uh, but like I said, the fourth quarter, hey, the fourth quarter in that game was really interesting you know just besides the first three quarters where it seemed more like an exhibition but the fourth quarter of that game man you could tell that some guys really had their pride on the line and really wanted that first Kobe Bryant MVP um Mm -hmm. I, I I just I just think they should do you know I wish it was played like that throughout the whole game, but you you got guys that don't want to get themselves hurt and, you know, still have their eyes on the big picture, which is a NBA Finals championship. So, but, yeah, it was kind of stale, but I will give them credit. The fourth quarter was interesting and competitive and made you think, like, am I watching the All-Star game or the NBA Finals? So, it was good this year. I mean, I'm not going – it was good. Yeah, I agree. And Kawhi took her. Yeah, so you so you agree with that too, B? Yeah, I agree with with Lee. I like the uh, I like the format as far as not the picking of the teams, but I like how they did like the first three quarters. You kind of restart after that. You have a total score, mm-hmm. and then like how they just have no clock in the fourth quarter, you, and you have to have you have to reach this certain number and you win. I like that. I didn't like how it kind of ended on like a free throw though, but um, right. Um, but I like how they incorporated the the little charity schools or whatever, uh, and you can get you know a thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. And so I guess Team LeBron's, uh, I forgot the name of the school or whatever, but they got four hundred racks. So I kind of like that little thing. That gives a little bit, puts a little bit more on the game, make it a little bit more meaningful. So yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, that's good and all that stuff. I just, I'm just so used to the East and the West, old school, man. Like I said, I, I'm still a, a old school player uh, type guy when it comes to the NBA, man. Like this new format of the NBA, which I'm kind of happy that uh, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, and them, and uh, Kenny Smith touched on this. How the analytics of basketball, that stuff doesn't change. There's no inside out presence. Everybody shooting threes. Watching the, today's NBA is like. It's like watching paint dry. I mean, it's just the same stuff. You got big man shooting threes. There's no physicality. There's no inside presence. I just can't watch today's game at all. I was watching old uh, finals games of uh, Shaq and them, uh, the old two finals, and watching that is more entertainment than watching today's stuff. Mm -hmm. Even playoff basketball included? Playoff basketball? I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like I said, I haven't 
I love basketball, and that's why I grew up more of a fan mm-hmm. of. But ever since the greats, Tim Duncan, Kobe, the last greats left the game, I really haven't been paying attention, bro. Because there's no buy. I don't really have a a player that I just gotta see. What's not even LeBron James. I mean, you know I ain't a LeBron fan. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm just stressing with you. <laughs> this is no. Let's just throw this in there. And and Cal, we always say this. The difference between now and then where you talked about the Shaqs and Kobe, the Jordans and the AIs, you know, back then it was a lot of more competitiveness throughout the, the, the league period in the East or the West. You did not have clear cut favorites like that, like that. Yeah. The Bulls was, the Bulls, you know, during the 90s. But you always knew the New York Knicks was going to give them a hell of a time. You knew the Seattle Supersonics with Gary Payton would give the Bulls fits here and there. So it's just yeah. – it, it was more – It was more competitive all-around teams throughout versus now you just got – uh, up until this year, you just had Steph Curry, the Splash Brothers, go to state. You already knew they were the clear-cut favorites. Before then, out in the West, oh, you know LeBron is going to come out the East, da-da-da-da-da. Stuff like you just – it, the competitive all-around nature is so watered down. It's not that the game is born. It's that the teams aren't as deep and as competitive. Hmm. And like I said, like, as for LeBron, like, I'm a fan of him outside of basketball and the things that he has accomplished, you know, as a man. Also a fan of his hairline, how he's able to manipulate the system and keep it going. Uh, but uh, Man. as for his his game, nah, man, I ain't, I ain't this, a fan of it, buddy. And this is going to be – I'm going to just say this. This is going to be a very interesting year as far – when we get down to the playoffs. I'm going to just say that – because it's going to be very interesting. Um, everybody keeps saying, you know, um, the Clippers in Milwaukee, which I think there are two teams that can be there, but Philly's going to have something to say about that in the East. Boston's going to have something to say about that in the West. You know, Kawhi Leonard's going to have something. You know, I mean, you know, LeBron is going to – hopefully be the LeBron we know come playoff time. He's going to have something. He's going to want that championship too. Everybody's saying that the Clippers are the favorites. So it, I think this is going to be a competitive season in the playoffs. I mean, I just do. It's just like last night. Everybody felt that Kobe should have went off, you know. I mean, that LeBron should have went off and got that first Kobe Bryant MVP. Mm-hmm. But it was Kawhi Leonard. So I I just think in the too. West, you're going, which I agree, Kawhi, Kawhi should have got it. You know, he had 30 points. He was balling, but I, in the West, you just got that. You got those two pillars going at each other, Kawhi and LeBron. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting, man. Yeah, I'm ready for the second half of the season, man. Hopefully, like I said, uh, when we get into the meat and potatoes of the season, Hopefully it can reignite reignite that flame as me as a fan of the NBA. 
Um, but also, uh, like I said, we got a lot of stuff going on in the sports world. Uh, Beats, I'm going to let you take this one over with the Astros and the Chiefs. Yeah, I was up there. What was this, last weekly? What, Thursday or Friday or something? Me and you was up there talking about this, and I told mm-hmm. you that as far as they had their press conference because, you know, spring training has opened, you know, right. and so they had their press conference. To, this is their first time speaking on this as a organization. And so they brought out the red carpet and had the owner down there, uh, their new coach, Dusty Baker. They had some of the players come and uh, do press conferences talking about this cheating scandal. And at the beginning of the press conference, the owner says, you know, um, I don't think uh, the cheating scandal had any impact on the outcome of the World Series. And then later within the press conference, when a reporter uh, brought back up, uh, spun it back around to what he said earlier in the press conference, this fool gonna say, I did not say that. When Mm -hmm. you clearly, and they kept running that reel on ESPN Sports Center like 20 times where at first he said, no, uh, the cheating scandal, I don't think that had anything, that didn't have any impact on the game. And then um, later in the interview, he said, I didn't say that. And then um, there was other players like Alex Correra. He said that it was blatantly uh, cheating. Um, and then um, uh, Justin Verlander said he wished he had have, uh, said something, but he didn't. But then the thing I want to get to, and they kept showing this too, and I said this to Lee, um, as far as the scandal goes, um, basically they were stealing signs. And what Lee thought it was, was that they was just, you know, looking at the signs and then they was just tipping it off with another sign to their batters. No, this Mm -hmm. was an intricate scheme that they pretty much put together. They had like the trash cans in the, uh, in the dugout. And so, uh, also in the ballpark, they had somebody in the outfield with a camera, some t- HD camera that uh, that can uh, be transmitted to their uh, cameras in the uh, in the dugout part where they can uh, go down and do like uh, um, uh, batting practice in between innings or whatever. And they were getting it that way. And then also they had Apple watches and then. Um, Basically, whatever the sign was or whatever, they would bang the uh, the trash can to let the hitter know, oh, this pitch is coming. So it may be one hit for a changeup, two hit for a fastball, mm-hmm. three hits for, you know, a slider or whatever, whatever the pitchers, pitchers uh, pitches. And then um, they kept showing this uh, highlight of when Altuve, the shortstop for the Astros, um, hit the uh, the game-winning home run in the 2017 uh World Series, and he was running, you know how when you hit a home run, you run around the uh, the bases and you come towards home, and then all your teammates are there and they jump on you or whatever. As he's walk, as he's running towards the uh, home plate, he's you can you can read his lips saying, don't uh, don't uh, jump on me, and he covered up his uh, his jersey kind of with his hand because he had he was wired to, I guess, either get a buzz or something to tip him off what the pitches were. And so I just wanted to bring – yeah, man, they had – man, this was – bro, they had like a system going. It wasn't like your normal baseball stealing signs, bro. They had like a system. Yeah. 
And, and I'm just kind of like giving a backspin off of like what Beats is saying. Like we was talking about this last week and like how he broke it down and, you know, like told me certain stuff with the Apple watches and the, 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 the trash barrels and the dugout. It was just like, whoa, like after we had that conversation, you know, I went and like kind of dug it up and, and seen, you know, um, seen everything like, man. But my take on this is that, you know, like like Beach was saying, the general manager sitting up there in the press conference talking about, oh, he did like he like he incriminating himself, saying one thing, then the next minute they call him out on it. Oh, I didn't say that. That let me know right there. Like, man, this was this was some very disgusting stuff. Like, I'm going to use that word disgusting like we did with Gail King. I mean, this was a disgusting way to get a championship or have success. It was like y'all went through stentuous measures to, I mean, to have wires on just to gain an advantage. It's just like, man, like I told Beats, that World Series title needs to be banned from them and given to whoever the participant was. I forget that year. Dodgers? Yeah. That that banner should go to the Dodgers, in my opinion, because that this whole little scheme that they had going on, man, they sick with it. Yeah, and for them to have, to have that level of uh... – the level of not caring like that, you know what I'm saying? That that definitely uh deciphered them winning it. You know, it you had their play count, you had their pitch counts, you 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 knew everything. Yeah. <laughs> How could that not discredit you? You you cheated, clearly. Mm-hmm. But baseball, man, like I said, like I'm uh baseball going back to the thirties and in 40s, I don't know if you ever heard of Arnold Rothstein, one of the dudes, uh, Jewish gangster. They said it fixed the World Series. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. wasn't it with the uh, the uh, Yankees and um, somebody else? I know the Yankees was a part of it. I, I thought it was team. like the Black Sox or something, it was something like that. To where the, are you talking about Black Sox? What are you them? talking about where they threw the World Series? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's all kind of stuff, man, you know. It, in every part of professional uh, sports, is people that's cheating or gaining competitive edge, and it takes away from the integrity of the game, and they should be stripped of any accolades they receive through their uh, Belichick gate type scandal. See, I think yeah. they, I, I think they was worse than what Belichick be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least he just hide, he just hide in the air ducts and the garbage uh, cans. They they doing all this technology, right? Yeah, this is- this is up there with – I'm not going to say I compare these two, but with the with the amount of cheating that was going – nah, you really can't compare these two, but it just reminds you of, like, when the NBA ref was in the NBA betting on the games, you know, calling calls mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It just kind of puts you in that frame of mind, like, man. Like, because I'm pretty sure y'all remember the NBA ref that had a yep. bet. Had him a picture. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name, but yeah, I, I can see his mm-hmm. face. Yeah. Yep. And then 
Yeah, just as far as baseball goes, shoot, with the steroid era in the early two thousands, and even before that, uh, I forgot. I don't. I think it was the eighties uh, with Pete Rose, him up there uh, betting on his own team and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's trying to actually get his credentials back at this current mm-hmm. moment. Uh, he's trying to get back within uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, so still yeah. wants to do with his ass. Uh-uh, Pete. Pete Rose, Pete Rose had to back off the lot for eternity, baby. <laughs> well, hey, uh, but uh, other stuff, man, have uh, I know you don't watch Power Beats, but hey, you got a chance to finally watch the last show of Power. Who, me? Lee. My bad, bro. I thought you were saying Beats, did you watch the last, right? Yeah, man, I I watched. It was just like, <laughs> it, like I just came away. I, I've been meaning to talk to you about it, but I just came away from watching that last last episode. Like, Ghost is that's what makes Ghost the the greatest of all time. I mean, I still think <sighs> it's evidence to show. In my opinion, I've been meaning to, like I said, ask you this, but I think it's evidence that showed. He could possibly still be alive. I mean, I just my thing is how he set up the wheel. It's like, man, that that, that was just crazy. Yeah, for Tasha to try to screw old dude over, man, that was pretty uh pretty fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Came back on you, baby. Now remove your wig and your eyelash, baby. That's the thing. Well, that's the thing. She did not screw him over because she tried. tried. She tried, and nah, it 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 just. mm -mm. I I been I I said that boy Tasha is just so so scandalous. He's scandalous. But yeah, man, power. Like I said, after rewatching it. I'm ready for this, whatever this book of ghosts or whatever it is that's supposed to be coming out this summer. I'm kind of motivated for it, man. Uh, the last the last show was crazy. Uh, I don't know what ghosts, like they like said, there was so many hidden jewels in it. And it's like one of them things you probably just got to keep watching and figure it out. But for me, for it to not have been a funeral or anything like that, for them to divide up his access, right. it just don't make sense. Like, okay, now where's... He where's the funeral service? What's going on with that? So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's where I get at because when when the daughter got got killed, there was a funeral service for her. There was no funeral service. Like, okay, uh, that's why I've been meaning to ask you. So, in so so basically, you feel he could be alive as well? Yeah, he probably could pop up on uh <laughs> on the uh. When uh, if the, if this next uh, segment of power grows, he could potentially pop up on that. But like I said, uh, it's like it was like a revolving door with him and Tyreek because like, watching it this season, everything that Ghost was trying to do, I believe he had a hand in his own father murder. Mm. Then for uh, Tyreek to shoot him, you still got to do what the man said, even if he is dead or not. You can't touch nothing until you graduate with a certain grade point average. So you're still <laughs> got to do what the man told you to do. 
That's yeah. why. I, that's why I said he's the goat, man. Ghost is the goat. And I don't understand why they keep bringing the little girl on there because soon didn't say shit. He was like, she was just, <laughs> she was just there. Yeah. <laughs> like damn, like okay, it's like she, it's like she, the way her, the look on her face is like she was being held hostage, like she didn't know what the fuck was going on. But anyway, power's done. Anything else you guys want to discuss on this epic show, man? Well, I think we we touched on everything. I did see a quote. Uh, <laughs> I seen something pop up on Facebook before we got on here. Something came on on air headlines talking about the Chiefs should reunite with uh, Demetrius Harris because you see the Cleveland Browns released him and the guard Eric Cush who we had. I'm thinking to myself like, yeah, no, no, ain't gonna try to pick up Demetrius Harris like. Nah, man. But then Chiefs news, no, nah, ain't nothing really came out yet. So yeah, we definitely uh watching that closely. But Mike Purnell said he wanted to remain the Chief. So we'll see if we can get that done. Mm-hmm. Uh there's people that want to stick within this team. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking that, like, you know, people are willing to take cuts. Like Beast was saying, you know, some people do want their money, but I think some people see the greatness within this this team. So we just continue to watch that. Yeah, some people. Some 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 of these players, not just cheese players, but a lot of free agents and stuff, like, yeah, they like money and want money for their families and themselves, but a lot of these players like W's and success, trophies, championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we definitely gonna have it. Like I said, we run the AFC AFC to me. So uh with all these teams in rebuilding mode, uh only team that can really mess with us within this conference. It's Baltimore. And we know the recipe to them. They just got to see what they're going to come with next year. But we'll see what happens as time goes on with the draft, uh, free agency, and uh, things of that nature. Again, I want to thank uh, Marcus Brown for being on the show. Uh, make sure you go find him. Like you said, he got highlight films on YouTube. Just put in uh, Marcus Brown, Mo West University. Like I said, he out there throwing shoulders. So check him out. Uh but I guess this uh, concludes another episode of Sports Talk KC. I'm one of your hosts, is Cowboy. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram. It's Beats. If you're looking for you, where can they find you? DBeats1492 at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Holla at me. Thanks for the support. Uh, Lee, if they're checking for you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at um, Lee86. Um, Lee 86 on Radham Jones at Facebook. But again, man, um, shouts out to Marcus Brown again for coming on to the podcast. Um, like I said, man, that young man has his head on straight, man. I can just, I can hear the determination and the passion in his voice. I can just imagine, like I said, what it's like when he puts on them pads and gets on that field. So, Keep up the good work, young man. It was a pleasure being able to talk with the NFL prospect, you know, coming up. And, you know, to our listeners, um, once again, we appreciate you all for the support and, you know, just sticking with us and grinding it out with us. We we doing this for y'all, man, and we, we here. Yep, yep, yep. That does it for another episode. We'll be back next week, Monday, baby. Be out of here. Yep, yep. Holla.